This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of August 11th, 2018. Europe is out of CO2 and bottles. What else could they run out of? And when Germany asked what else could go wrong, fire answered the call. Miller Coors exemplifies long-term planning. Praise the Lord and pass the Pilsner. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Let's let's welcome him with some news. Ooh. Uh, starting off, we've got uh, more problems in Europe. Uh, as we alluded to, they've been out of CO2 in England and Russia because of the World Cup. There's a beer bottle shortage going on in Germany. Well, looks like the poor weather in Europe lately has led to a shortage of malting barley. So they uh, slowly started losing everything it takes to make beer. Just wait for a hops mold epidemic. Oh. I'm just like, yeah, or I'm like, it's no longer hospitable to make to make hops here. We're just too dry. It's become a desert. Uh barley is the grain used in the majority of brewers to make beer. US brewers get a lot of barley from Europe. A lot. In 2012, European malt exports to the U.S. comprised a $22 billion industry. Uh, a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot more than I thought. I was like, I mean, we can just yeah. make malt here, right? Well, uh, it's especially favored among craft brewers, which uses a, a triple the amount of malted barley as industrial brewers, uh, the latter using a mixture of malt of and cheaper grains like corn and rice. Ugh. <laughs> uh Hot, dry weather in Europe uh, since mid-May has caused barley prices to surge by two-thirds, reaching a five-year high of 230 pounds per ton. Is that pounds or euros? Euros. Sorry, the euros and one of the old pound symbols look somewhat similar. Uh, 230 euros per ton, which is about $269, due to uh, crops, quote, just dying. All right. Uh, Scott Casey, consultant at RMI Analytics, says, uh, and he describes the situation as dire. Uh, in some regions, uh, production has dropped as much as 50%. Jeez. And he, uh, RMI is uh, forecasting spring malting barley uh, production to fall short by nearly 500,000 tons. That's hmm. not good. That's all No. <laughs> Uh, the EU is uh, the world's largest exporter of spring malting barley with regions such as Germany, the Baltic, Scandinavia and France sending crop to the US Southeast Asia and Africa US and Australia are also grain growing regions uh, and they are affected by the scorching heat waves yeah uh, what was it, there was a, a, a about a month or so back you could just look at a picture on Google Earth and just see Europe turn brown yeah <laughs> uh, <clears throat> So it's been intense, and you know, you think like, "Oh, it's going to hurt a lot of stuff." It's going to hurt stuff you're actually not even counting on it affecting, like malt, malted barley. 
Mm-hmm. So, God, I, <laughs> how much of that do you think uh, brewers are going to have just to eat the extra cost of, or are they going to have to to raise prices on everything across the? <laughs> yeah, it depends on the depends on the style of the brewery. If it's a brewery that prides themselves in in their marketing, says we only use European malts. Yeah, they're just going to have to eat it. Um, if it's a brewery that changes a smaller brewery that changes their recipes weekly or monthly or whatever, they could they could change those recipes up and say, okay, instead of doing that traditional European malted beer, we're going to do something different. We're going to do an all American version of it or something along those lines. But there is a distinct difference in in the flavor from a European malt and an American malt. Mm-hmm. And being a commodity, it will be, I mean, it, even as the European malt prices increase, so will the U.S. malt prices. Yeah, I, it's just insane how much, how much they're you know get it got affected this year. Yeah, uh, but I See, don't know. They the, <laughs> the 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 article we pulled this from does have a little thing. The good news: hops are safe for now. Bum, bum, bum. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Yes. But you know what isn't safe? Uh, Your malt. The rest, the rest of the malted <laughs> barley? The, the malted barley store. that has already made it out of the field and is in the process of being malted, tough luck, that's not safe either. Because there has been a large fire at the Wireman Malting Facility in Bamberg. Uh-huh. Ah. Yep. So even after it gets it. out of the field, it still is ready to be scorched. L- large, large quantities of uh, barley now toasted indeed um this came out uh, i first heard about it in a live stream on reddit somebody was live streaming the fire and, and the flames leaping out of the top of the building um fire broke out under the roof of a historic brick building caused damage in the range of about a million euros fortunately no one was hurt after hours the fire department could extinguish the fire it was three o'clock at three o'clock in the morning on August 9th, 2018, when the fire alarm system at Wireman was set off, and soon after smoke and flames could be seen from very far away. The fire department worked hard for hours, managed to get the fire under control. The reason for the fire isn't known for sure yet, but it was probably a technical defect in the kiln, which rests on the sixth floor of this seven-floor building. The fire benefited from the good ventilation of the kiln, but it didn't succeed in going through the roof. 30 tons of malt were, however, lost in the fire. The damages to the building are significant. Meanwhile, other buildings in the Wireman malting um, facility could resume work the next day. Um, Wireman provides many German breweries and distilleries with malt and also works internationally. Wireman products traditionally have that yellow-red logo and are sold in more than 135 countries. So this is really a kick them while they're down moment. Yeah, especially this in Germany because is... they had the bottle shortage. They're going to have the barley shortage uh, starting to hit them, and then the malt that's already sitting around ready to be used just went up in flames. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, if you wanted to use uh, any of the Wireman malts, there are quite a few different different kinds out there. Um, Wireman malt does more of the. I think they're distributed through BSG, if I'm not mistaken, but they do more. Star Galactica? <laughs> uh, Brewer Supply Group? Um, 
they do more of the the European Abbey styles and um, Pilsner, Vienna, those types of malts. Alrighty, uh, kind of their big thing. They also are uh, known for their beach smoked malt. Well, it's going to yeah. be real smoked now. Yeah, quite. Um, what do you say is a uh, uh, Roush beer is about to make a really strong comeback in Europe? <laughs> that that wouldn't, <laughs> it, you know, Damn. it wouldn't surprise me. To, to find that they actually would take some of this malt and be like, oh, it's a special one-off. Help us rebuild our facility. I mean, you know, uh, a one-off comes free with a beer, one whole ham. <laughs> they do actually sell a Carafa malt, which is a super black malt, which is de-bittered, I guess. It's not got a husk on it. Oh, so, you know, maybe It's brand maybe new to the market. Can... I mean, it just arrived this week. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Just pop, pop it on over there. They've got, they've got 30 tons of it. <laughs> but yes, indeed. It's Kick a brewer when they're down. Yeah, that's... All right, do we have anything slightly more uplifting than this? Uh, uh, no, not really. Let's talk about uh, Miller Coors giving up on millennials. And, that's good. Uh, how they uh, really couldn't see into the future very far. It's like uh, uplifting it, however, I, I, however you look I, at it, you know. I, too, have given up on millennials. I believe it's a dumb marketing... Oh. Oh, not not the age group. All right. So, uh, Miller Coors is closing up the Two Hats Brewing. Uh, two Hats, we... Bar- bar- barley. Barley. That works even better. We mm-hmm. barley knew ya. <laughs> That's, uh, that was the name of the new light beer Miller Coors debuted in February in an attempt to lure young adult drinkers. But the brewer is pulling the brand just six months after it hit shelves, marking an incredibly early exit for a brand that was advertised as good, cheap beer. Miller mm. Coors on Monday told distributors that it would cease production and that two hats will be off shelves by early 2019, uh, according to the brewer's corporate blog. Leaders suggested uh, the move will free more money to invest the brewer's uh, other new brands. Uh, including Arnold Palmer Spiked and Soul. So the Arnold Palmer Spiked, I'm imagining, is from this uh, huge boom we're seeing in sparkling beverages. They're trying to get in there a little bit. And Soul, I actually had one of those back on uh, Cinco de Mayo. It's not <laughs> terrible for a lager in a completely clear bottle. Yeah, I mean, it could be worse. <laughs> uh, Miller Coors did- Go ahead. I was just going to say, I didn't even realize what this beer was until I had to go look it up and see what the picture was and <laughs> oh, the recognized salt? it as something I had seen on shelves, just never gave it, it was, any thoughts. It was a Mexican import that um, they're saying in this article, it was recently bought uh, by Heineken and then you know just recently taken over by Miller Coors, buying it from Heineken. But it was an import for a long time because that was uh, the original name for um, Oberon. From bells, it was soul, and because of soul, like they tried to sue. And oh no, I wasn't talking about oh. soul. I was talking about the two hats. Oh yeah, yeah. well, fine. I'd never heard of two hats. Uh, I mean, if we talked about it, that's one thing, but I don't remember. We briefly did. We considered stories and then decided to pass on them. I think in the past, but Miller Coors is also trying to reverse negative trends on Coors Light. <laughs> which is their largest brand. Silver Bullet's slide was a contributing factor in the recent ouster of Miller Coors CMO David Kroll, which we talked about, uh, and we spitballed that that could have been one of the reasons why. 
Miller Core CEO. You don't, you don't get people out of the out of the company if they're doing a great job. Exactly. Mm. Miller Core CEO Gavin Hattersley last week stated that the number one job of the new CMO will be to fix Core's life. Maybe you should hire a brewer then. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, love it. We're going to need some two hats to chill that burn. <laughs> <laughs> right now, we simply cannot get to profitable growth without significant improvement in Coors Light and without uh, gaining a bigger piece of the above premium segment. The uh, Brewers VP, National Craft Innovation, Brian Fershinger, and Kevin Doyle, President of Sales and distributor operations stated in a note to employees and distributors according to the blog post holy crap that's poorly worded <laughs> two hats comes in uh lime and pineapple flavors because the millennials love the pineapple i'm surprised they didn't have an avocado flavor it Whoa. was uh priced at five dollars for a six pack a digital only campaign by Me- mechanism uh that debuted in february include the tagline wait what <laughs> One video implored drinkers to stop your wine-ing, a direct attempt Ugh. to get consumers to shift from wine to beer. Uh, wine mm. and spirits brands have taken share from beer in recent years. Just That's why they're trying to jump in there. We plan to aggressively pursue innovation that will build our business and transform our portfolio. Uh, Miller Coors <laughs> remains committed to quality and innovation, and we aren't afraid... <laughs> Of trying new things. Mm. Sure. I, th- I think they are afraid of trying new things. <laughs> well, you know, it's probably just one of those, like, they stopped, they did a, someone in the in the company did a spreadsheet look and went, look, this is not making us nearly enough money to compensate for all the other stuff for this. We're still seeing declines across the board. <laughs> They were just gonna start cutting things. I feel with like a hatchet. I feel like they looked and they were just like, okay, how do we? Well, Anheuser Busch is cranking out all these Aritas, and now they've got like an orange Bud Light out there. Like, so why don't we go for fruit and some light beer and see how that works? And we start marketing as a premium product. Oh no, people can tell that it's actually just garbage. <laughs> well, and you know, it's such a crowded market market space that the people I don't know like there's just so much out there that's you know you got to try and grab attention and I don't recall ever seeing this stuff I've yeah. seen it like, because I knew what I was looking for right even even had I known I bet you I could have just walked on by it and not noticed oh mm-hmm. yeah probably yeah <laughs> yeah um that's Probably what most people have done because clearly <laughs> on their Facebook page, they only have 3,400 likes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they are saying they are doing a digital only campaign. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like they jumped into this without really looking at what they were doing. Oh, yeah. <sighs> like, yeah. I feel like they th- th- there were enough trends that I wouldn't have launched this. I think they need more people there who are that correct age group. You know, like, it's the old white guy problem. Like, they probably have a lot more of those than they do of (laughs) the generations they're trying to appeal to. Them kids, them kids is after all that 
fruited light stuff, right? These kids today with their hippity hop and their fruity beers. I mean, it, it sounds good, but it looks the it looks like a limerita. Yeah, <sighs> that's it's clearly what they were going like. They saw it doesn't the, look like a beer. They saw the aritas from ABM Bev and saw how well those sell, and they were like, "Well, we got to get in on that." And then nothing chases me away faster than looking like a limerita. <laughs> now I'm I'm not their target demographic. That's fine. I accept that. Is it but, is that the uh, the cure to get uh, Bob with uh, instead of saltpeter? Just make it look like an Arita. <laughs> no saltpeter. That's a creepy ad right there. <laughs> no, th- never. Mind. The old adage of dads slipping saltpeter to boyfriends taking their daughters out on dates. I have of- never heard that before. Really? But, yeah. Hmm. I. Usually what I heard was father sitting on porch with shotgun when they come to pick up daughter. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the standard. We'll talk after uh, this. <laughs> I don't, right. So I'm, I'm looking at whether I, dis- I need to discourage people from dating my nieces. So we'll, we'll talk later. <laughs> I'm looking at one of their ads and it's like one of the limeritas or one of the, the two hats cans. They're like video chatting with each other, but one of them's in a hotel room, like sitting on the bed, and the other one looks to be like in a house or something or an office. It's like creepy. So is no. I was getting ready oh. to ask what's the what are they doing, but no, I don't. I don't want to know. I yeah. really don't want to know. And the the <laughs> caption is the hint of fruit in two hats pineapples so faint it whispered sweet pineapple nothings in two hats lime into two hats lime. What? what? Say so they're they, they oh, need oh, okay. different people Good. to work it's got there. Hashtag wait what? Yeah, that's about what. Oh. That's a little too suggestive. Your <laughs> your your marketing campaign campaign should not rely on someone going. I couldn't have heard that right. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to be funny and they're super not doing it well. Wait what, what is not a good way to think about <laughs> any drink or anything really <laughs> that you're trying to sell. This is what happens when you just like tell the five or six people that you just hired that are like the the 21-year-old millennial. Yeah, go and create an ad campaign that reaches out to young people. It reminds me you get. a lot that you get me, me them youths of uh <laughs> Toyota when they came up with Scion when all the original Scion uh ads cuz they made no sense and it was supposed to be an entire line of cars targeted to millennials. Ah. Oh. Well, anyway, we'll just have to pray for him. <laughs> Indeed. And we can do that with beer. Uh, <gasps> beer and Bible Amen. readings. <laughs> so uh, in Santa Cruz, California, a church plans to open a brewery and serve beer to people during service. So question before we get too deep into this. Do all their services just turn into that Blues Brothers scene? <laughs> I hope so. I just, just I, people backflipping, jumping in the air. Just, <laughs> I want to see like a video of this so badly. Uh, so KNTV reported that the Greater Purpose Community Church in Santa Cruz sold its old building and now meets at a food lounge, which includes beer on tap. But the church mm. wants to take it even further by having a religious space with a brewery. Um, quote, there's nothing in the Bible that says you can't drink alcohol in a responsible manner, says the pastor Chris Van Hall. Accurate. 
yeah. Uh, Van Hall uh, is currently... It's, con- it's drunkenness is what they frown upon, not... Not just drinking, period. Yeah. Jesus um, turned water into wine. He didn't know beer existed. Yeah. Well... Well, he probably did, but they just weren't ready for it. And, yeah, they, they weren't about and that. Wine was better. Uh, Van no. Hall is currently converting an old bookstore into a brewery where they can hold services. He said everyone drinks responsibly and the church plans to donate 30 to 60% of its profits to charity. Uh, they can have, quote, they can have one or two. As a matter of fact, if they have two, my sermon's always better, he said. <laughs> so this guy's oh got God. a good I, sense of humor yeah, about it. I'm, I'm all for him, like, making jokes like that. That Okay. Or whoever making jokes like that. Yeah. That's pretty great, actually. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's cool. That's that's something a little more uplifting. I mean, you know? it's I needed that after the last three. It's kind of like uh, going to the church isn't all to get a beer isn't the newest thing ever because I mean in uh, Germany and Bavaria going to the Abbey and getting a drink isn't yep. hasn't been out of the question yeah, but, for but, hundreds of years. But they're Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> when you when. <laughs> Look, you're not going to an old regular church and getting a drink. Let's face that. Well, yeah. not out in the open. No, you do that after you talk to the guy who will get you what you need after <laughs> service. He doesn't drink himself. Well, he just, just makes it. Yeah, he just money. makes it and sells it. Over a fine fried chicken dinner. <laughs> uh, okay, this is going to sound bad, but man, when when people on my mom's side of the family died, so much fried food. It was so delicious. They were just priming everyone up for the next time. Hmm. I think they were just trying to hasten it. They're like, you know, we only see each other at funerals. Let's make sure this happens sooner. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think there's something else that will hasten that. Yeah. Now for something completely different. No, no. It's something oh. completely on par with what was last week's. In case you missed yeah. that. Sorry, I was... On the wrong uh, wrong story. I thought we were moving on to something else. Yes, yeah, so... Uh, last week we gave you the creepiest beer. <laughs> this week... Eh, it's better, I guess. Uh, it's from Iceland, so it's at least foreign. <laughs> uh, the article we have here says, like, Driving through West Iceland is akin to driving through Middle Earth. I would say New Zealand's more like that, but, you know... <laughs> Uh, the stark contrast between the white-capped glaciers and green rolling farmland makes for a unique place for a brew house, but so very Iceland. Uh, apparently, uh, the, there is a local brewery that is making a genuinely medieval beer. Oh. So, yeah. I'm down. Steady? Steady? I'm going to say steady, because I don't think they pronounce J's in Icelandic. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, because Reykjavik, I guess, yeah. Steady uh, Brewery uh, is producing a seasonal beer called Halvar. Havalur. Havalur. Made with whale testicle. Nope, I'm out. That has been... Wait, wait, I'm not done. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It has been smoked in sheep's dung. How about now, Chris? You back in? (laughs) I'm back in now. It's like... (laughs) When it's, you said whale testicles, uh, no, no, it was out. But then, no, no, it's it's slow roasted sheep's dung. How big is a whale's testicle? 
That's oh, I'm that's gotta s- be. Screw up my Google. Honey, <laughs> do some incognito mode search. Honeycomb yeah, big. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not small. No, no, no. 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 Anyway, uh, the person writing this article is like, they tried it on a private tour available upon request at this Holy family. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> is it bigger than? Is it bigger than than me? Yes. <laughs> By probably a foot. Oh Goodness. Okay, so it's bigger than Chris. Uh, it's six point six feet. Yeah, it's bigger than me. All right. And two point five six feet in diameter, weighing one thousand one hundred fifty-seven pounds. That's a half-ton <laughs> testicle. By far the largest of any animal on Earth. Wait, but half-ton testicle. How much sheep dung are they using? <laughs> The, the pertinent like, question arises. That's a lot of sheep dung. Like, That's a like, whole wait a minute. Herd. <laughs> whole herds of sheep just collecting <laughs> their dung. It's like I've got like there's a size differential is there. there. A, <laughs> is there a field somewhere in Iceland <laughs> with just whale testicles laying on beds of burning <laughs> sheep's dung? They give the sheep laxatives. They let them just lay out a whole field, and then they build a place around it and just forklift the whale testicle there. That's that's the creepiest thing ever. It, it would take a forklift or a crane to move a whale's testicles. There, there's no way they don't cut this up into smaller pieces and and do it. But well, my brain likes to think they the did it with time, the whole testicles. It's yeah, it's funnier when you imagine the whole testicle. Also, this is medieval, man. Wailing, like, what did guys. they do? Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Um, I also want to picture the whole whale's testicle being dropped into a uh, fermenter. <laughs> Can you imagine well, the smell? Sploosh! Sorry. Uh, no, you're fine. Uh, the they they were saying that the at this family owned brewery they have uh, it has been creating all natural sugar free beer since 2012 in the tiny town of Bjorgfjord. Bjorgfjörnder. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the right well, the, the name of it is the right well. What about the left the well? Testicles make up 1% of the well's total body weight. There's a left well, and I bet it hangs just a little <laughs> bit lower. This one's a little bit lower than the... Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Highbrow humor a, here. As they walked in, there was a, a whiff of hops and smoked meat, and they were hesitant to try it, but it was exactly how they said it would taste like. Like a porter with hints of caramel and smoky, almost meaty aftertaste. Salt. Mommy. I'm betting mm-hmm. it tastes a little salty. I washed it down with a homemade hot dog. Why? I mean, it's <laughs> a whole meal in a glass. Made sans well testicle. So, they did not have uh, Icelandic glacier oysters. I would eat a whale's testicle hot dog. Just putting that out there. I mean, but you won't drink a whale testicle beer? Not unless it's been roasted over sheep's done. Oh, uh, okay. I have a standard. I'm sorry. I, I think I would try it if, if someone didn't tell me. what it, You know what I mean? Like Because okay. the, the, the taste, the, the description of the taste alone actually sounds really good to me. Like a smoky porter. So they they described this the the act it's like one of the most controversial beers in the world. It's a brew steeped in Icelandic tradition and a giant whale testicle. 
15 to 18 pounds. So they're obviously taking sections of it. Uh, they use one testicle in each batch, and the joke is uh, is the size of a basketball for a troll. Oh, man. <laughs> I was hoping to see more in the video, and I tried, just tried to watch it, and I'm like, oh. okay, that, it's not You were really hoping they... to see more. What were you hoping I to see I want to know what this, this situation looks like with the, they, I don't know. No, I they tried get, to look up. They get well testicles from a company called Helver Hif. Obviously. The only Icelandic company allowed to hunt 150 pieces of fin whale every year. So apparently it's fin whale. Yeah, that's the reason they're, I think I'm saying they're smaller. The fin yeah. whale is not as well endowed. <laughs> this is... <laughs> apparently animal rights activists are upset about uh, uh, have, are protesting this use for the endangered fin whale. So... Oh gosh! Ooh. I don't know. It's it's pretty neat. They uh, uh, okay, I like hold the paragraph on. below they, that. Yeah, I'm reading the thing where they talk about uh, uh, Halver is brewed for uh, the annual Thorny Festival in January and February when locals celebrate ancient gods like Thor and Odin from Valhalla and eat the food their ancestors ancestors did. They eat rotten fermented shark. Uh, sour or cured whale fat, ram's testicles, and so on, because that's what our ancestors ate. Uh, ancestors ate, uh, and it's designed to pair perfectly with the Ori feast, and is uh, popular among Icelanders during that time of year. It's their Oktoberfest. I'm down. <laughs> I like we ours need, better. I'm down. <laughs> we need to go. Need I, to you go. know what, Chris? Let's go. There is so heads up. There mm. is a direct flight to Reykjavik from. Um, Cincinnati. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's like a it's a hipster place to go. Actually, it's like a hot. You can get there for super spot. cheap. Like how much is uh, it? Yeah. It it is a cheap flight. It, it surprised me how cheap it was. Yeah. It was in like, like the three hundred dollars range. Yeah. Like it was it was more expensive to get to California than Reykjavik. Yeah, because they're like, "What are you gonna do there?" I'm like, "I don't know. I'm gonna go to uh, the Viking version of Oktoberfest and probably lose a lot of weight from throwing up after eating <laughs> that stuff." I mean, you don't know, I'm, but yeah. <laughs> all right, let's let's get things back stateside and a little more appetizing. How about that? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm kind of hungry now. Well, Kansas has legalized uh, self-serve beer taps, and they've also loosened their alcohol laws. So uh, Kansas loosening their laws on brews and booze by authorizing self-serve beer taps and allowing longer hours for bars and. Legalizing candy laced with alcohol. Mm, Sorry, I hear self serve beer taps, and I'm like, man, are we getting like Golden Corral for beer? (laughs) (laughs) That's the idea. Brittany, delete that. We need to get rid of this whole video. We're going to start over again. (laughs) We can't let this secret get out. That's our new business proposition. Uh, Republican Governor Jeff Collier. Signed a bill Monday that makes the changes. He said during a ceremony on a downtown Topeka sidewalk that uh, legislation shows Kansas is forward thinking and willing to help entrepreneurs. Uh, the new law takes effect later this month and ends the state's status as one of the few. That this is how it's worded as one of the few that don't allow self serve beer taps. All right. Uh, the pr- it just sounds weird to me. 
the provision was inspired by plans for a new downtown Topeka restaurant near the State House. What's this restaurant with self-serve beer taps? Like, this is, I've never seen this, and I want it. Yeah. The new law will also allow uh, bars, taverns, and restaurants to begin serving alcohol at 6 a.m. rather than 9 a.m. because we all need a drink by 6 a.m. and permits liquor stores to sell alcohol. <laughs> there are some mornings. Candy. Sorry. I just, just leaving that out of that. Like, you all need a drink at 6 a.m. Sometimes. I mean, nerdtacular. It was 6 a.m. in Kentucky. When the bourbon started. <laughs> when the bourbon started. So, okay. Uh, new new idea. Uh, everyone needs to be on board with this. Uh, we're opening a self-serve beer tap place. Yes. We'll, we'll just call it Have a Drink. <laughs> I mean, yes. perfect. I don't know. Uh, it, does anyone else think it's actually a terrible idea to have self-serve beer taps? Well, you've got to have the taps that... Uh, like count exactly how much you've poured out. Yeah, you pay by. The or ounce. you have some kind of scale where you pay by hmm. weight. Or yeah, like calibrated somehow. Yeah, I guess uh, thinking about it, there are things like that. So I would think of like a more line down the logger house. You can get uh, special party rooms where there are taps built into the tables, and mm-hmm. you, I think you just pay by the ounce. Like you I, have a meter on it. I'm I'm kind of like on the border there. Like part of me is like, oh, this is a great idea. Like that's kind of awesome. It's like, but then I then I think about like how gross the, like go up and get your own drink, area is in any of those other restaurants, and I'm like, people are not going to pour this beer correctly. And then, <laughs> and then you're cap- and then you're factoring in how much people are going to vomit up there. No, are we uh, going to get like the Coke freestyle machine versions of this? Uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, I hate I hate those in general. Let alone why. Because well, I doesn't... want my sprite like God intended. Because he doesn't do the mixing. No point. You gotta make the gummy bears flavor. Ugh. I don't want to drink gummy bears. I barely want to eat them. You gotta do a uh, grape sprite, orange sprite with the the new no was it strawberry? No, the strawberry sprite. Yeah. They have no a strawberry Dr Pepper. Oh. Do mm. that with it. He's like no. Nope. No. No. So I turn into a six-year-old when I walk up to those things. I'm just you're like, right there going like, you're like, no, I need a graveyard. And you're just hitting all the yeah. things. Yeah. No. All I, the buttons. You know how much I'm, I need my graveyard fix? Ugh. Hmm. I, I, there was, that's when I realized I had stopped being a child. Was when I realized that I did not enjoy that taste. <laughs> it's just fun. Good old-fashioned fun. fun. You have all those things mixed together. You know what probably isn't fun, though, to have all those things mixed together? The graveyard uh, that... I'm really uh, afraid of where this is going. <laughs> the graveyard that they're mixing up over at... at the, uh, 1792 Distillery? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so sad. Here's how distillery is trying to save bourbon after the warehouse collapse. So uh, we've talked about, like, apparently this, you know... This is the same one we'd been talking about, but I kind of just want to be like, and all the all the the warehouses are just going down. Like I don't, I don't know what to. Do. Well, it just had, seems like it's had a the one constant. place that caught fire this episode, and this yeah, one. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just feels like, guys, seriously. <laughs> like, uh, so, um, since last month, Barton seventeen ninety two has been working to pluck one barrel after another from the pile formed when a barrel warehouse collapsed at the Bardstown Distillery. The first half, with about 9,000 barrels, 
fell abruptly on June 22nd, and the second half finally came down on July 4th. So with another 9,000 piling up. Uh, According to a video by Bob Mahana, Barton's safety director, first a large crane gently picks up a barrel and lowers it to the ground, a second crane moves it away from the pile, and a bobcat scoops it up and takes it to an inspector. Bobcat Goldwood. If a barrel has obvious damages or leaks, it's moved to a separate area for coopering. If a barrel can't be readily repaired, the whiskey is drained into a clean tote tank and held uh, held in it and uh, held until it can be rebarreled. That's worded funny. And it will be resold as the Warehouse Collapse Edition. Yeah. $125 a bottle. I'm calling the price point now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, any undamaged barrels are removed once lot numbers are documented. You know, because paperwork. It's it's <laughs> so I found the marketing strategy for selling these. Okay. So you take a pic, you start showing pictures of all these barrels, you know, from the the collapse, and you start playing Sarah McLaughlin under <laughs> it. Oh yeah. And like, can you give a home <laughs> to this bottle of whiskey? <laughs> Yeah. I will remember. Whatever. <laughs> In the arms yeah, of there you go. the angel. Uh, yeah. So uh, the recovery effort began at about um, July 9th. It's expected to continue as the distillery sorts through thousands of intact barrels. So it's going to be a minute. Uh, quote, we do not have a count of what's done and how many are saved that we can share at this time. That is from the Barton spokeswoman. Sazerac, which is the parent of Barton 1792, hasn't said what will become of the surviving spirits, although whiskey collectors have speculated there there will someday be a commemorative bottle or two. Or I have any collectors. I don't collect anything. I'm just a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they haven't made any official plans yet for that, of course. So um, they also haven't determined why the warehouse collapsed. So that's kind of the biggest thing, I feel like, right now. Like, what the crap happened? Um, Hmm. so not all the bourbon could be saved. When the warehouse first collapsed in June, a retention pond was created to catch whiskey runoff, but the state has notified Sazerac the company faces a potential fine after a fish kill. According to Kentucky Department... like, like one fish died or like many fish died? It's also plural, yeah. It was like, oh yeah, it says at least 3,800 fish were killed. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that's from the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife. So 3,800 ki- uh, fish, minimum. In a third of a mile. So that's pretty much every fish in that third of a mile stretch. Yeah. Which, Not happy. Which, yeah, which is which is sad. However, it's already whiskey battered. Let's just <laughs> <laughs> just have ourselves a nice fish fry. It'll be semi-preserved. Yeah. So, I mean... It, I guess yay in that they're trying to do something like it's not a total bust, but at the same time, like, uh, like it, it seems like a weird effort that it's taking one that it, it, it they still can't figure out like why this happened. I don't know. It, it's just, it's, I just, think they're it's lucky. a weird solution. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're beyond. They're lucky. It didn't catch fire. Yeah. Oh yeah. That much falling and static. It yeah, I mean, and it could have been well, worse I mean, on the it was, water too. It was summertime, so so it was a bit warmer, more humid, so you weren't at prime static conditions. <laughs> mm. So, if uh, at the bottom of the page they have uh, five really good pictures showing this cleanup process, yeah, and they show the tanks that they're draining, 
the barrels mm. into the, I guess, the ruptured barrels or the leaking ones in some of these pictures. The whole thing, like, they have no idea what's in each of these barrels. Like, because it was a mixed-use warehouse. So right, some of them right. are whiskey, some of them are rum, some of them are going to be, like, gin or something else, because Sazerac makes a little bit of everything. Yeah. Certainly, certainly they could tell this is a bourbon versus this is a gin. If you open it yeah. up and take a sample out, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, like, they have, like, labels on a lot of them, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, That's there's, true. They there's should a be way they can, I mean, they can when look you, at them and figure. When you look at the piles and when they have them sorted out, there's not, because, yeah, when we've been to Buffalo Trace, which is Sazerac-owned, uh, you do see, like, the uh, the labeling on all the barrels. Like, they have a barcode for every barrel, so you can just yep. scan it, you know, where it is, what's in it, blah, blah, blah. None of these, in any of the pictures, have any of those kind of barcodes. Like, no, no barcodes. Yeah, but I'm sure there's some kind of marking. Some marking, yeah. Because... Long hope. There has to be. There's no way to keep track of it otherwise. Well, it's legally. I think they have to they have to yeah. market serial number it. All right. Yeah. Well, you know what would happen though. Just knowing these guys' luck, it, they're going to be digging through here and uncover a pile of drunk wasps. It's going to happen. It's a problem. Why, why ain't Saxon Protestants get into everything? <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. But the other wasps, not the, not the, the bug kind, not the, wa- not the white kind, but the uh, the stinging kind, are getting drunk off of fermented fruits and terrorizing beer gardens. <laughs> I don't know. This could still be <laughs> the same. Still be the other kind of wasps. <laughs> not wrong. Could go either way. <laughs> A brutal heat wave in Europe is having an unlikely effect on wasps. Wasps and the little insects are getting angrier and violent. As a result, they were the already pretty <laughs> much the worst bugs you can find. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we had to take down about four or five different wasp nests this past week trying to get back into an old outbuilding. Yeah, um, uh, yeah we started with carb cleaner and then actually had to go out and buy the, the real stuff. Ether. Ether works great. <laughs> that, well, that was what it was. Carb oh. cleaner, ether. It's a, it's a similar similar stuff. Um, <laughs> you felt really sleepy after using it, though. <laughs> The beer gardens and pub patios of England are getting inundated with a lager lout wasps this year. Um, because their traditional food source, larvae from the Hive Queens, has dried up in the scorching sun. Guys, with- we've come full circle. Our, we've bookended our stories with oh. everybody's food sources. Freaking Europe. Well, also, it's, it's in that Europe, heat wave. and the heat wave has killed off, has caused... More unexpected problems. Killed all the barley and has angered all the wasps. Quoting from the thrillist here, left without a food supply, the pugnacious little bastards are eating <laughs> fermented fruit and getting drunk, which makes them more aggressive as a result. That's According fair. to Metro UK, so I guess I was quoting thrillist, which was quoting, quoting Metro UK. <laughs> Uh, experts at the Sussex Wildlife Trust warn that a tight band around their abdomen starts them from eating a conventional diet of flies in later life, and they become hooked on sugar. Man, who knew? Sugar's addictive. With, fr- <laughs> with fruit drying at the peak of summer, wasps are devouring the fermented sugar, but also descending upon the outdoor drinking quarters of many pubs and lapping up booze. 
Now there's drunk wasps hanging down at the pub looking for a scrap, just like the con- conventional meathead might. <laughs> what? It's very British. Uh, Shane Jones of Rid Tech Pest Control told Metro of his busy summer with the wasps. I don't even want to try to do the accent here, but <laughs> just, just use it in your head. Wasps have built absolutely massive nests, and now that all the larvae have grown up and the queen has stopped laying eggs, the colonies have a workforce with nothing to do and nothing to eat. Now, Jones says, the wasps go down to the pub instead, obviously. <laughs> wasps can't so what handle happens the when you're out of That's what happens when you're out of work. Yeah. <laughs> wasps can't handle their booze either, so they get tanked up and fighty like lager louts. Wow. Um, I, I, I want my... I want my future beer of sorts to be called the lager lout. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only recourse is for humans to stock up on bug spray. Lest we dare enter the gauntlet with a bunch of punchy wasps who have nothing to lose. <laughs> okay. So we recently talked about how much uh, alcohol it takes or how was it beer specifically to get uh... <laughs> how much alcohol it would take of any kind to get seagulls in England drunk. It was seagulls and something else. Wasn't it? I swear we covered another wasp. animal. <laughs> well, now wasps. I mean, how much alcohol do you think it takes to get a wasp drunk? Uh, I, I would know. think not very much. Just given the size. I mean, let's consult Google. How <laughs> much? Well, I mean, what if it's a scenario where they... they can drink, you know, a hundred times their body mass and alcohol without feeling the effects? Right, like ants. Exactly. Good for them. Except it's, it's, clearly they can't. But... You know, huh? The only thing that I'm getting on my my research on how much blood is in a wasp <laughs> comes back with, like, don't die by getting I don't know palpitations from or a drop of blood pressure because you're getting stung. A single know. a single blood cell is all they have. <laughs> I mean, you don't see blood when you squash a wasp. So know, sometimes sometimes you get that nice like greenish yellow slime. Yeah, all I'm getting are links to the same story when I type in drunk and wasp. <laughs> <laughs> the other kind thing. of wasp. It's not just showing a beer garden. I mean, really? <laughs> hmm. Ah, here we go. The red blood cells are red because they contain hemoglobin, which is special protein actually bounds oxygen. Insect blood which is called hemolymph, contains various nutrients, hormones, and other things, but does not have any red blood cells or hemoglobin. Hmm. So, I bet that their their whole process of processing... Yeah, there you go. Process of processing uh, alcohol is going to be different. Okay, then. Today, mm. we learned. Yeah. All right, but yeah. Uh, hopefully, you all learned a few other things along with us today. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, that story does it, so we'd like to remind everyone that this is our news-only show, but we also do the weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. And uh, we'll see you again next Saturday, live at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye, Bye guys. That's a 1994.
Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> <laughs>